Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome back to America First. I'm your host, JWR. We have a few things to talk about today, but before we get into that, we have our weekly segment of Today in History. Today in History, in 1855, the first bridge over the Mississippi River in what is now Minneapolis, Minnesota, opened. It was named after, uh, after or it was named the Father Louis Hennepin Bridge after the, you know, Father Louis Hennepin. <laughs> Anyway, nice little thing there. First bridge, sure wasn't the last. <laughs> anyway, on to the news. First, a new report found several Democrat governors are using coronavirus relief funds to advance the party's climate agenda. According to the Associated Press, California Governor Gavin Newsom and Governor Jay Inslee of Washington State have diverted COVID financing toward fighting so-called climate change. In particular, Newsom said $22 billion will be spent over five years on climate-related projects. These are referred to often by some as existential, particularly related to climate change issues related to COVID, claimed Newsom. But homelessness, cost of living, broadly define the public safety increasingly and under, understandably top of mind in terms of people's concerns. This comes as some blue states have received federal COVID relief funds despite running fiscal surpluses. Those states may now be improperly using federal money. Several other states whose governors touted multi-million climate-related projects include South Carolina, Colorado, and New Mexico. Next, according to Senator uh, Mitt Romney of Utah, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has the continued support of the Republican Caucus. In an interview Sunday, <coughs> sorry, in an interview Sunday, the Utah lawmaker discussed the division in the country, the bipartisan efforts in the Senate, and Joe Biden. Despite recent reports of dozens of lawmakers still not accepting Biden's presidency, Romney feels the majority of Congress have moved on and want to work on meaningful legislation. He also commented on an apparent rift between Senator Lindsey Graham and McConnell over differing approaches to including the former president in future politics. Oh, I think there's a full support for Mitch McConnell, stated the Utah lawmaker. <coughs> Sorry. I, have <coughs> Goodness. I haven't heard anything other than a solid support for his continued leadership. People are always trying to placate, placate Donald Trump. I don't fall in that camp, of course, but I wouldn't attribute that as a comment about Mitch McConnell as much as a comment about Donald Trump. Romney also praised the January 6th Select Committee, saying they are revealing previously unknown information. Next, lawmakers seem to be sharpening their tongues as dissenters of killing the Senate filibuster. While invoking the late civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on Monday, top party leaders attempted to gaslight Senate Republicans and Democrat Senators Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema uh, of Arizona, <coughs> Manchin of uh, West Virginia. Senate Majority uh, Leader Chuck Schumer stressed the only way Democrats can pass their controversial election laws is to rid the upper chamber of its long-standing practice. This would allow the slim majority to jam through their legislation and circumvent negotiations with the GOP. 
far-left lawmaker Bernie Sanders has also been trying to pressure both moderate Democrat senators to drop their firm opposition to changing the filibuster. On Monday, the Independent tweeted that the only vote that matters when voting rights come to the floor is that of overriding the long-standing Senate rule. Sanders specifically took aim at Manchin and Cinema by insinuating they would be failing to protect democracy if they don't vote to change the rule. Meanwhile, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi went as far as to say those who don't conform to the Democrat agenda are dishonoring Dr. Martin Luther King. If you really truly want to honor Dr. King, don't dishonor him by using a congressional custom as an excuse for protecting our democracy, she stated. Vice President Kamala Harris added to the attack while vowing to not absolve lawmakers that step out of line. Harris claimed America's democracy is under attack as states like Georgia and Texas have passed law promoting election integrity. Meanwhile, reports suggest these states promote better access to the ballot box than several Democrat-led states despite their comparison to the Jim Crow South. Now, Georgia has two days of Sunday voting. Uh, that is optional that you can do it, uh, explained Senator Bill Cassidy. <laughs> Uh, by, and by the way, there are no drop boxes before the pandemic. There were no none, and now we still have drop boxes. So an accommodation made for a pandemic are going to continue in the future when theoretically the pandemic is over. And shall I point out that Georgia has more early voting days than, uh, than does Delaware or New York by far. However, these attempts to bully Manchin and Cinema into uh, towing the party line seemed to be fruitless. Last week, both moderate Democrats reiterated their support for the filibuster after hammering home their support since calls to the kill the filibuster began. Additionally, Republicans in the minority led in the minority, led by Senator Mitch McConnell, have warned ending the practice would forever diminish the voices of whichever party ends up in the minority. The smallest majority we've ever seen in our politics is trying to change the rules for how people get elected in every single state said the Kentucky lawmaker. That's just about the best argument for the filibuster you could possibly imagine. McConnell has pointed out in past criticisms that Democrats have been quick to abuse the filibuster when they are in the minority. Other GOP critics have revealed Democrats who now decry the practice were at one point in time ardent, art, uh, were at one point in time ardent supporters of it. In the meantime, Schumer is expected to bring the so-called voting rights bill to debate on Tuesday. However, critics continue to point out with only 48 senators in support of the bill of the bills, two dissenting party members and universal Republican opposition, the bills will likely be dead on arrival. Next, an anti-poverty organization calls for the government to impose a one-time tax on the world's billionaires to fund COVID-19 vaccines. On Monday, Oxfam called for a 99% tax on the world's riches, suggesting the money be used to fund the production of vaccines for the poor. The group argues the super wealthy benefited from the pandemic as financial stimulus pumped up stocks. Oxfam International Executive Director Gabriella uh, Butcher is even comparing the pandemic to World War II while suggesting similar measures must be taken. 
There are several countries considering a wealth tax, and in fact, during World War II, it was done, she explained. There was tax at 100% to address the extreme effects of the war, so we are in a similar situation of crisis now. Uh, so we're looking to con we're looking at considering that type of measure. However, wealth taxes are difficult to implement and and variability reduce uh, savings, investment productivity, as well as economic growth. Furthermore, such a tax would do little to help low-income earners, while also harming the economy as a whole. Up next. A school in Hartford, Connecticut, remains closed on Tuesday after fentanyl contamination and a student's death. On Monday, school officials at the Sport and Med uh, Medical Sciences Academy said testing did not meet the standard and the decontamination process on campus must be repeated. This decision came after a 13-year-old student died in the hospital on Saturday of a fentanyl overdose after coming in contact with the drug during school last week. Mayor Luke Bronin said police officers will continue to investigate how students got a hold of such a large quantity of the drug. At least 40 bags of fentanyl, which is 50 times stronger than heroin, were found across the school campus. Police officers believe another student gave the 7th grader the drug. This comes as health officials become increasingly concerned at that teenagers are being targeted as criminals often disguise fentanyl pills as other drugs. While speaking during an interview, the Vice President of Hartford Healthcare Addiction Services, Dr. J. <laughs> Dr. J. Greg Allen, weighed in on the matter. These drugs that capture and hijack the system, this experimentation, which 20, 30 year, 20, 20 to 30 years ago was, oh, smoked a cigarette or he drank a beer, let's talk, him, let's talk to him about it. It can kill you now, he explained the physician. The rules have changed, and that's a tragedy. Meanwhile, Hartford Police Schools, or Hartford Public Schools, sorry, Superintendent Dr. Leslie Torres Rodriguez said counseling is being offered for students and staff. The Hartford Public School remained closed until no fentanyl detected inside the building. This comes at a time when authorities are seizing record numbers of fentanyl, with numbers doubling at the border from 2020 to 2021. So, like I always say, stay safe, folks. In the schools, you know, drugs are... Try to educate your kids. Make sure they don't... Uh, make sure they know what to look out for. But, yes, stay safe. Next. Additional food price inflation could be on the horizon as rising input costs hammer small farmers. U.S. agricultural producers are reeling from Joe Biden's inflation due to skyrocketing fuel and fertilizer costs. A poll by Purdue, uh, Purdue University found fertilizer prices are expected to increase by 12% after a 100% increase in costs over the past year. Meanwhile, fuel prices rose more than 50% last year. Market analysts uh, say small farmers are hit the hardest by surging inflation as they remain over-leveraged, undercapitalized, and facing labor shortages. Small farms account for 89% of farms in the U.S., and they make up 21% of agricultural production value. Economists expect rising input costs to pass on to consumers, pushing food prices even higher and making more people reliant on food stamps as well as other government 
Next, the U.S. Treasury imposed new sanctions on Lebanese-based terror group uh, Hezbollah over its ongoing destabilizing activities. On Tuesday, the Treasury's Office of Foreign Asset Control uh, blacklisted three Lebanese businessmen and a company called Dar al-Salam for travel and tourism. According to officials, these entities have served as financial facilitators, aiding and embedding Hezbollah's terrorist activities. The sanctions come ahead of a cabinet meeting in Beirut next week, with Hezbollah's political wing that it will boycott Lebanese officials. Uh, sorry, Hezbollah's political wing said it will boycott. Lebanese officials have said Hezbollah's actions are not helpful. We reached an understanding with Hezbollah in 2006, not with them all, said Gibran Basel, leader of the Free Patriotic Movement in Lebanon. When we discovered that one making decision that the one making decisions in this alliance is Amal, it is our right to reconsider. It is understandable why Americans want to corner Hezbollah, but it is not understandable understandable why Hezbollah wants to corner themselves and force people there with them. The Treasury added Hezbollah financiers uh, exerted undue uh, the Treasury added, Hezbollah financiers exerted undue influence on Lebanon's politics, which extends a political crisis in the country and encourages extremist group. Next, a Texas doctor is suing her former employer who was punished for spreading so-called COVID-19 misinformation. Dr. Mary Bowden filed a lawsuit against Houston Methodist Hospital on Monday requesting data from the hospital detailing the effects of the vaccine as well as a number of financial reports. Dr. Bowden uh, resigned from the hospital in November 2021 <coughs> sorry, after publicly questioning the jabs and bringing awareness to early treatments, including ivermectin. In response, Houston Methodist Hospital suspended her and revoked her privileges. My name is being vilified, explained the otolorinologist or otolorin O-T-O-L-R O-T-O-L-A-R-Y-N-G-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. I have people leaving fake reviews on my website, all over the media. I have people calling me the sister of the devil and mis mis uh, misconstruing my intentions, so I want to set the record straight. Dr. Bowden stressed she's only seeking transparency from the hospital and not monetary retribution. She also confirmed that the hospital in question paid over $13 million to persuade its employees to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Those same employees now have until the end of March to get their booster or face termination. Next, more on the COVID stuff. Uh, the World Health Organization recently suggested a booster for healthy children and adults is most likely not needed. On Tuesday, the specialized agency's chief scientist, Samya Swaminathan, um, like said there is no evidence to currently support the idea that adolescents in good health need an extra dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. During the news briefing, Swaminathan uh, assured more research is needed to determine who needs the boosters and who doesn't. The aim is to protect the most vulnerable, to protect those at high risk of severe disease and dying, she explained. 
Those are our elderly populations, immunocompromised people with underlying conditions, but also healthcare workers. Swaminathan also mentioned the decrease of vaccine immunity over time against the Omicron variant. She confirmed that a group of experts are set to convene this week to discuss boosters and further determine uh, what populations should be considered in receiving them. (coughs) However, booster shots have not been completely ruled out, according to Dr. Michael Ryan, and the executive director of the WHO's Health Emergencies Program. He said there is no answer just yet as to how many more shots people need, potentially two or three more depending on future variants. Their remarks come about two weeks after the CDC approved booster shots for kids aged 12 to 17. Additionally, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the NIAID, called the Americans to step up their game and get boosted. He warned the possible deterioration of the two initial shots of the mRNA vaccine as Omicron takes the country by storm. The chief medical advisor to the U.S. president also said at the very least a shot will be needed every year. Furthermore, Dr. Fauci is pushing for one last shot, which would be a universal vaccine that would potentially protect against all variants after most people have already gotten three shots. Uh, Dr. Paul Offit member of the FDA Vaccine Advisory Committee stressed the need for boosters but admitted they may only offer protection for a couple of months before needing another. I think you're going to be less protected against mild disease and so then the question becomes if you get a booster dose will that likely increase your protection against mild disease? He questioned. But then the questions become for how long? Will that only be for three months, six months, nine months, a year? We'll see. Meanwhile, there is reportedly some concern that too many boosters can affect the immune system in a way that can weaken the effectiveness of future shots. Next, the White House admitted multiple security screenings failed to flag the terrorist who held four people hostage at a synagogue in Texas. During a briefing Monday, Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked how Malik Basal Akram was let into the U.S. to begin with. Prom was known to British intelligence as a terrorist, with even his brother expressing disbelief that he was allowed to enter the U.S. According to Psaki, the Biden administration failed to detect security flags. Well, our understanding, and obviously we're still looking into this, is that he was checked against U.S. government database multiple times prior to entering the country, and the U.S. government did not have any de- uh, derogatory information about the individual in our systems. At the time of entry, she stated, we're certainly looking back as a reference to what occurred to learn every possible lesson we can to prevent attacks like this in the future. In January 2021, Biden ended 45th President Donald Trump's order requiring that intelligence agencies increased vetting for foreigners seeking to travel into the U.S. So with that said, as you can see, not everything is safe, so make sure you stay you stay you stay safe. I tripped up over there, but uh, just do what you can. You know, hate to see more tragedies happen, but you know, unfortunately, they're, in, they're inevitable. But uh, just try to stay safe. Try to keep yourself out of harm.
Hello my fellow Americans, it's me, JWR, just chiming in to tell you about our new merch line. If you go to redbubble.com and look up America First Podcast, you'll find multiple items with our logo on it. Any and all purchases will go to bettering the podcast and to some charities. But uh, yeah, just check it out. We got shirts, bags, stickers, pins, cups. But uh, anyway, again, this has been JWR from America First. And thanks for tuning in. And thank you for your support. Next, Republican members of the House Intelligence Committee stand up against Representative Adam Schiff's testing requirement. In a press conference Wednesday, the GOP members addressed an email from Schiff demanding lawmakers provide a negative COVID-19 test in order to attend Thursday's hearing. Representative Mike Turner of Ohio said every day Americans don't have the luxury or access to test daily and must show medical information to go about their daily lives. He said they will not comply while this is going on. Schiff believes that he should have a privilege that the average American worker does not, stated the Ohio Republican. Uh, Our members will not comply with Schiff's request that that we submit to COVID testing uh, just to do our job. Turner went on to criticize the Biden administration's failure to meet the demand for testing. The White House launched a website on Wednesday to help Americans obtain free at-home rapid COVID-19 tests, but many critics say it's a little too—it's a little late. The full website opened after a soft opening on Tuesday that resulted in some customers uh, not being able to order their test. Americans are able to go on the website covidtests.gov and fill in their information to get tests mailed to their ho- to their homes without charge. Each household is limited to four tests regardless of family size. This comes as Joe Biden recently announced his administration was planning to purchase one billion tests as part of the program. Next, the Los Angeles Fire Department uh, may soon see their first female fire chief. Deputy Chief Kristen Crowley was nominated to be Uh, The first female to lead the department in its over 100-year history, the nomination was announced by L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti on Tuesday. Chief Deputy Crowley is a leader with exceptional character, he stated. That brilliance and that commitment propelled propelled her rise through the ranks of LAFD over the last two decades. She served as a firefighter, a paramedic, an engineer, a fire inspector. Captain 1, Captain 2, Battalion Chief, Assistant Chief, Deputy Chief, and Acting Fire Marshal. That's quite a resume. If Crowley is confirmed by the City Council, she would be the 19th Fire Chief to lead the department. She has reportedly already made history as the department's first female Fire Marshal and has also had a long history with the organization. If confirmed as your new Fire Chief, I will be fully committed to leading and inspiring our tremendous department into an exciting future that is filled with new opportunities to grow, to innovate, and to empower, said Crowley. The news of the nomination comes as current Fire Chief Ralph uh, Terrazas announced his plans to retire soon after nearly 40 years of service to the LAFD. Meanwhile, unknown leaders for the... Sorry. Meanwhile, union leaders... For the city's firefighters reportedly say morale is low while the department is also being criticized for allegedly having a culture a culture of harassment 
bullying and discrimination. However, during her speech, Crowley said she hopes to create a safe place for fire. Next, Senator Tim Scott uh, said, And yet our president wants to believe what he says more than what we see. American America deserves better. He offered a rebu that rebuttal to rhetoric coming out of the White House. He released several videos on and around Martin Luther King Jr. Day. To promote what he says is a positive response to partisan rhetoric on race that he's best positioned to rebuke. On Monday, Scott posted the first installment of what he's calling his listening tour series. He visited the leaders in his hometown of Charleston, South Carolina to discuss some of the issues plaguing minority communities in America to search for solutions. I feel like we are not hitting the mark, said the senator. So whether you're black or white, you live in a marginalized community, the education system that we have today is not producing results and, in my opinion, that feeds the high crime rates throughout the country. Scott told the Associated Press he hopes these roundtables with his constituents on issues like building general, generational uh, wealth would help redirect the nation's conversations around race. The lawmaker also took aim at Joe Biden's recent speech in Georgia regarding voting rights, saying his comments only exacerbated the current climate. He called it misleading. Scott went on to say Biden's decision to compare those uh, who do not agree with him, both Republican and Democrat, to known racists and segregationists was low. The South Carolina lawmaker said it's time for the president to stop dodging the reality of his failed leadership and stop distracting Americans. He added, the progress we are looking for in America from a racial perspective is right before our eyes. Next, President Joe Biden has issued a new round of threats against Russia as he repeats claims of an alleged Russian invasion of Ukraine. In a statement Thursday, he tried to walk back his Wednesday remarks about a minor incursion and threatened consequences if Russian troops crossed into Ukraine. <coughs> Biden said Russia would face a severe and coordinated economic response if that were to happen. However, White House officials have struggled to explain what they would actually do in that scenario. Biden also threatened a U.S. response to Russian paramilitary actions and cyber attacks. Remember when they moved into the Donbas, the little green men, he asked? They were dealing with those who were Russian sympathizers and said that Russian said that Russia had nobody in there. Well, it, well, that includes little green men in uniforms as well as cyber attacks. We have to be ready to respond to these as well in a decisive and united way with a range of tools at our disposal. The Russian Foreign Ministry said rhetoric is uh, designed to frame the narrative to justify provocations in Ukraine and blame Russia for it. Meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris said Russia will face severe costs if it takes military action against Ukraine. She made those remarks during an interview Thursday morning. Harris claimed the Biden administration has been clear and consistent in its stance on the matter. And on the subject on Ukraine, I will tell you that the president has been very clear and we as the United States are very clear. If Putin takes aggressive actions, we are prepared to levy serious and severe costs, Harris stated. Still, Biden's initial comments have led to speculation Russia could feel empowered uh, to launch an invasion on Ukraine in coming weeks. Hopefully that doesn't happen. 
uh, but we will keep you up to date. Seems things are heating up around there, so definitely keep an eye on that. Because that definitely affects our dance. So. Next and finally, Amazon.com Incorporated may soon face claims from a U.S. labor board that it unlawfully fired a vocal union supporter at a New York warehouse in the midst of an organizing organizing campaign. A National Labor Relations Board official in Brooklyn recently found that claims involving the worker Daquan Smith had merit and plans to issue a complaint against Amazon unless the company settles the case. Board spokeswoman uh, Caleb Blado, Blado said in an email on Friday, the development was first reported by Bloomberg. Amazon did not immediately respond to a request for comment. A new complaint against Amazon would fuel claims by labor organi- organizers and advocacy groups that the company uses unlawful tactics to thwart unionizing while placing profits over uh, worker safety. In November, a NLRB official found that Amazon unlawfully interfered with a union election at an Alabama facility in which workers overwhelmingly voted against unionizing. The results of the second election will be tallied at the end of March. Smith worked at an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island, New York. That is the subject of a more recent election petition by a group of employees. A fundraising campaign launched on Smith's behalf in November says he was left homeless after his firing. The NLRB has the power to reinstate workers who are fired for engaging in union activities and to compensate them for the lost work, but cannot grant other types of money damages. So, hope he's safe out there and just, you know, just gotta keep an eye out, you know, watch who you're working for and stuff. I can't really, really know a whole lot about that stuff, but it sounds like a rough situation. But, uh, Hopefully everything worked. Well, that's all we have this week. Thank you for listening on today's episode. Be sure to check out previous episodes to stay up to date and follow us on Twitter at capital S lowercase C M B A G capital N. Any and all profits, including sponsor revenue and viewer donated revenue, will be donated to the Serious Fund Network for Disabled Kids. So if you do decide to donate to us, you know where your money is going. So until the next time, America, I've been your host, JWR, and remember. Stay informed, stay involved, and keep America first.